Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome on today's episode of Sanseet. We have Lou Mari. She is an amazing woman. She is a psychic and she is a great, tons of fun. Hello and welcome to the show, Lou Mari. How are you doing? Thank you, Alan. So great to be here. I'm really delighted to, that we're going to play in this space together. Tell us about how you got into the area of uh, spirituality. Well, it's an interesting thing because um, I was born awake, and I like to say I was born online with the universe. So even in my crib when I was just a baby, I remember divine beings having conversations with me. And they would tell me about life, and they would tell me about the universe, and angels, and all of this other things. And, and I would just listen and see the images of ancient people, and modern people, and lights, and sparkling things. And I always thought that that's how everybody saw. I thought I did not think I was particularly unusual in that aspect. I just figured everybody, if I saw it, everybody saw it. So my intuitive gifts and my way of vision and hearing and feeling things and everything was always natural for me. Sometimes it got me in trouble because I would say things that you don't say in polite company. <laughs> like, watch out for that because you could fall and hurt yourself in two weeks. And adults didn't necessarily like that part, but I didn't think it was unusual. I just thought, oh, geez, maybe I don't know how to be in company, you know? Yeah. You know, when you're a kid, they tell you that, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. don't call people that and don't eat with your hands and, you know, don't give people psychic readings. <laughs> <laughs> how, did your, how did your parents know? Did they know about this growing up? No, it's really funny because my family, there was something about not talking about this stuff that was really present. So they would just look at me and smile, but we didn't talk about it. You know, we would talk about spiritual things, but not what I was perceiving, but more like philosophical kind of arguments. Not really bad arguments, but you know, when you're a philosopher, you take different sides of a conversation and see where it goes. And it wasn't until I was in my late teens that I realized that everybody in my family knew my grandma was a healer, but I didn't know. They would just look at me and smile and go, your grandmother? And then they would nod their heads, kind of like it was almost like a mafia secret, you know? <laughs> you know how in those movies they nod and look at you like, mm-hmm, you're supposed to know this one? And it wasn't until I was much older that I realized that they started telling me stories of things that she had done. And she didn't really talk about it a lot either. She would just say, well, I just know. And I would go, okay. Everybody in the family used to bring their plants over there because uh, if they were in her house for three days, the plant would be healed and they could take it back. You know how many people have dying plants, right, who usually toss them. They would bring them to her, she would put them in her window, and then they would take them home. It was things that I grew up with, so I didn't distinguish the fact that I could see things, that I could hear things, that messages were coming to me. And my family wasn't against anything, it just was never really talked about. Not until I was much older. 
just shows you how that when you grow up with something, it's the family knows, but outside the family, it's a secret. Yes. And it was just something very interesting later on. I mean, I have the healing gifts too, not like she did. But like I started to hear all of the different things that she had done, like people in my family that she had healed of illnesses or sometime after she had passed and people would say oh i wish she was around because so-and-so is really sick and we would just have your grandmother come and sit with them and hold their hand and they would be healed and it was like whoa okay but my gifts were more um visionary and hearing and and sometimes smelling things (laughs) (laughs) it it must be interesting uh, hearing what your grandmother can do and what you can do it must be interesting to compare in some way of the stories you hear on your own abilities you know it really is because um first of all when you hear the stories they're always from someone else's perspective i mean one of the things about my grandmother no matter what she was doing in healing mostly her healing thing was key she was just so hugely loving it was like she was like a, a loving universe and you were embraced in it no matter who you were it didn't matter it was like big loud love <laughs> and that's an amazing thing and for me it's very not that i'm not loving but i'm not like gigantuan love you know what i mean mm-hmm. like somebody walks in the room and they could hug everybody in the room and they'd be really happy and they'd want more <laughs> i am able to have the universe have conversations with me and, and tell me stuff so i can not go into the akashic records and get my my records because i can do that that's that's easy but i can have a conversation with the akashic records and talk about the universe with them which is a different thing what is it like to have a conversation with the universe i would say it is one of the most breathtaking things because it's so vast and yet at the same time the the detail is immense and in the conversation, at least my conversations with the universe when I'm having it, and universe I mean it, this, I guess what we would call spokespeople out there that you can connect with, but when I'm feeling it, it's like I can focus in and follow one particular vibrational train and it will start to reveal things to me. It's almost like if you're standing on the beach and you're looking at the sand, and actually recognizing where every grain of sand came from. Because they all didn't come from the same place when they're on the beach. We don't look at it like that because we see the whole body of sand. But one is going to come from a crystal, and one is going to come from a rock, and one is going to come from, you know, something that fell apart in the ocean and washed up to shore. And following all those energies and the brilliance of it is just an amazing thing. I'm always in awe. And I have huge curiosity, so I keep on asking more and more questions. As we all do. Is the awe in, uh, why do you awe about it? There's one aspect of it where it's like the brilliance of the wisdom that's out there. Like, understanding how much we can grow as humans. How we can awaken and see each other for the brilliant beings that we are. The souls that light up the world and heal each other and delight in each other. And then looking in the universe and there's other beings who do the same. And we might think of them as angels, we might think of them as guardians, we might think of them as teachers, but they have even more wisdom that we can access. 
And that just is amazing because it keeps on going and going and going, bigger and bigger and bigger, more and more advanced, and being able to presence like how a star comes into being in relationship to all the other stars and all the stars know that a new star is there, but it came from nothing, kind of, and then all of a sudden it's there shining the way. It's like my brain knows it, but it's still blown. Um, it, it must be interesting to have this sensation through your body, but your brain's like, where am I? What am I doing? Kind of feeling, you know? <laughs> it's like, I, I just feel like I joke to myself because I have good humor about it. I was like, okay, maybe I put the wrong thing in the Google search. Wait a minute. This is my universal Google search. I need to rephrase the question and get a better answer here. <laughs> You mentioned that you sense and hear. Um, is that through like day-to-day experiences, or is that when you're with someone or trying to find something? Oh, both. So with my clients, I sense and hear and feel and know. Those are all the things that are going on. And so if I'm working with a client and I'm doing uh, coaching or doing a healing session or doing a, a reading, a consultation, I will sense things and feel things that are going on, then I will hear things. And depending on the person, I might hear their guide, I might hear their mother who's still nagging them but they don't even know it. I might hear some wisdom that needs to come through for the Akashic Records for them. And then there's all sorts of sensations. And it's really fun. I mean, I remember sitting with someone uh, a few weeks ago in lavender was blowing through the air. It's winter in New Mexico. There's no lavender blowing through the air here. And so I just looked at her and I said, can you smell the lavender? She said, I thought I was crazy. I smell the lavender and I was like, where's it coming from? She said, when I was a little kid, we had a big lavender garden. I said, okay, so we know that your childhood, your family is like just blessing you with lavender today. And she could feel all of that. I didn't have to say a lot about it because it was present. And not everybody gets to smell stuff, which I think some people would rather not. (laughs) (laughs) Like when you say smell stuff, like does energy and angels and beings give off different senses? Well, usually the angels and the higher beings don't unless you're connecting with uh, a being who works with um, herbs, or like if I were connecting with one of the ancient ones who was Native American and they use sage, then I might smell the sage coming through and know who it is. Generally, unless they, they play in, in the physical reality, they don't have sense. But on the other hand, sense with a T. Um, <laughs> but on the other hand, It's interesting, it's like you're getting blessed with different things as different beings come in. And since they also know that I have a sense of humor, they'll say things to my clients that will make them laugh, as opposed to somebody else it might be that they need to say something very important to this person. And it's not like I'm always bringing in other people, but sometimes I know they're gonna sit on the couch next to me. I just know they're gonna be there. And then I decide whether it's a good idea for them to communicate or not. So you don't have to worry about any body odor of, or anything like that? Just no. Pure, pure sense. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, no. <laughs> One time I smelled cigars and I told the man to put it out, please. <laughs> like, so I, know, I know what that is. That's a cigar. No, thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm.
do you see stuff as well? Yes, I do. I think that my strongest is hearing, like having conversations, but I do see things, but only like either, either when I'm searching for something, which is different than doing a reading, when I'm searching for something, I will see templates and vibrational energies and watch how things coalesce or break apart or reveal themselves. I don't usually see somebody's family or my own family. I know what they look like, so it doesn't matter. But that, not usually. Not unless it's really important. And when you hear someone, is it, is it a very strong voice, a very faint voice? Tell us about how, how you hear uh, the spirits. It's very, very clear. It's like you and I talking right now. Now, there's protocols I have. So because it used to be when I was younger, uh, it would be a little bit crazy because everybody would talk at once because they knew I was listening, right? So all of these beings, usually they're beings, not necessarily people unless I'm connecting with someone specifically. But they would all want my attention because they had wisdom to share. And so then I decided, because of my crazy humor, I just told them, okay, you have to, if you're going to share something with me, it needs to be really important. Stand in line, take a number, and we'll see. Because it's really hard to listen to 15 or more beings talking at once. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It is. But see, they know me, so they know my sense of humor, so nobody gets offended. They just laugh with me and go, okay, well, we'll wait until next week until you're ready. Or, no, this is really important. You need to hear this now. And if they say that, I'm going to listen. Yeah, it, it sounds like if you're running a call center for uh, tips and tricks of uh, winning the lotto in some way, you know? Yeah, I love it. Oh, I wish it was that. I really wish I was getting that. That would be a whole other thing. <laughs> yes, we know this Lumari. She's won the lottery 452 times. How did she do that? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I don't get that one. <laughs> And do you find it frustrating to have all these abilities or does it flow or do you have particular ways to like a switch turn it on and off? I can turn it on and off. I learned how to do that. I taught myself how to do that. And it really feels like a blessing for me because there's one aspect of it where with all of the different abilities I have, I am really able to share those gifts with my clients. So, and it depends because we all as humans have different things that we would like to know more about. And so being able to access different things, I'm able to help people in many different ways. So sometimes I'm working with the client and they really want to know more about their path and their destiny and how to bring those energies and gifts forward in their life. And I can tune into that and help them with it. And over the course of time, depending on how long we work together, we can bring more and more in for them. So that's one thing. In another way, if there's a karmic pattern that they keep on bumping into, like they just don't know that that door is there and they try and walk through it and they keep on hitting their head, then I can go in and look at that and say, okay, this is the pattern, this is how it is, let's just clear this so you can understand it and move on. That's for clients, and of course, every once in a while a client's family member will come in and just whisper something really funny to me like one of my clients her mother sat down and said tell her I don't like her hair like really she said yes and I told her and she burst into tears and she said my mother never liked my hair now I know it's really her (laughs) but then I can go out and connect with the Akashic Records and understand how planets are formed or channel 
alawaska, which is one of the brilliant things that I love about the universe, and bring wisdom here in a way that hasn't been present before. And that's exciting as well because it's a bigger energy, but it still helps people on our planet. What is the Akashic Records? The Akashic Records, in an easy way of describing it, is the entire wisdom of the universe that could be tracked once the Akashic Records were formed. So if we think about it chronologically, okay, first we have the universe, it's all. It's oneness. There's no separation with anything. And then creation comes into being. And so whatever we consider creation, because it doesn't start with planets right away, and it certainly doesn't start with Earth right away, but it starts with molecules or light or energy or sound that comes forward with consciousness. And the consciousness that was aware at that time was wanting in the magnificence of everything to watch everything and document it, so to speak. So it's the universal wisdom is what the Akashic Records is. For us humans, the Akashic Records also follows each and every one of us and what we have done in this lifetime and many others. So, but it's much more brilliant and active than a library or, or, you know, or the book or any of the ways that it's been described. Does that make sense? It makes, it makes complete sense. Um, how can we access it? Well, it's really fun that you should mention. I do have a book that I've written a while ago. It's called Akashic Records, Collective Keepers of Divine Expression. The reason I wrote that book is because I felt that people's conversations about the Akashic Records were too narrow and too small and they didn't have the breadth of it. So I wrote that book and I actually interviewed the Akashic Records kind of like you're interviewing me. <laughs> like, who are you? What do you like? You know, how, how did you create this? Because if you're creating the wisdom of the universe, how do you hold all of that? I mean, that's big. The universe is huge, so its wisdom is smaller or bigger, I don't even know, right? And so I, I did that interview with them, and it's a really fun book, and it's really channeled information. And so you get to kind of follow how in a way how the collective keepers think, which is, I, that, that was why I wanted to interview them. How do you think, how do you look at it? And the brilliance of that conversation was because some people think, well, anybody can just go in and they can get whatever they want. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. If we have lockout on our computers, I'm sure the Akashic Records have a lockout system. that a five-year-old can't go in and figure out how to do a bomb because it was cool on the cartoon. And so they have their way of how your frequencies are and how you resonate with what information you can get that's appropriate to you because they're so wise, they can actually know what is beneficial for you so that when you go and connect with them, you're not getting harmful information, you're not getting information that isn't even relevant to you or that is so vast that you're going to get a headache because we all have been in a place where we've been so overwhelmed and overloaded by information and, and frequencies that it's like you just want to take a nap. And, and right now I'm also in the process of finishing up in the next week of Akashic Meditations, an audio series that you can download that you can go through the introduction to them and understand how to phrase questions so you can ask in a beautiful way and then meditations for you to gain access 
that is right for you. And I'm, I'm right in the process of still creating it. Almost finished, but not quite. Hopefully, by the time everybody's listening to us, it, it will be complete. And they can go on my website and, or email me and say, have you finished yet? <laughs> in writing the book, what did you achieve and learn with the Akashic Records? What delights me so much is I can follow my curiosity. So I could ask them questions about what is the thread that opens the universe for us? What is present energetically that creates individuality as opposed to a collective, right? How does our brain interact with things? Not in a physics way, because I wouldn't understand it, but in like a spiritual way the different realms of wisdom that we connect to. And they're actually fun, very formal, but fun. Being able to understand things just from that unique perspective opens things up that we're still here, we're still in 3D, at least at this moment in time, even though the frequencies are changing. But you know, when you sit down on a chair, the chair is still there when you sit down, it didn't disappear into another reality. But the vastness of it, is just amazing to me and so magnificent. It's like looking at a painting and every time you look at that painting, it looks different to you. Or like when you have beautiful music that you listen to, and when you listen to it, it's not the same every time. It's different, it moves you in different ways, it speaks with you in different ways. Sometimes the bass is louder, sometimes it's the guitar, sometimes it's the person's voice. It's like that. It's just amazing to me. It shows you how this this vast oneness and wisdom and library can be so unique the way you go through a, a museum or art gallery. And the other thing that's so wonderful, Aaron, is that everybody who encounters it encounters it in their way. So it's like it meets you. And if you're just starting off on your spiritual path and you go, well, this would be cool, it meets you in a way where you can start to learn. If you're really advanced, like someone like you, you're going to meet it in a whole other way and there's going to be a bigger vista there for you to play in. And for me, since I'm a wisdom keeper and I go in and I retrieve wisdom from the universe to bring it here, it's not so much about what's happened to me in my life because I can get that many different ways. But they can reveal to me different patterns that are floating on a planet and how it relates to some other things that are going on so that I understand, you know, all of us in a deeper way. It's amazing. How did you become a gatekeeper? This is something that I have done for, I guess, most of my lifetime, is that since my connection with wisdom is being able to access it and understand it and then bring it forward so others can understand it as well. And, and again, the wisdom that um, is appropriate for me. Um, it's something that's in my nature of perception. So that way I can bring it forward and open the different gateways and allow the energies to come through so people can perceive it too. Because I'm not really here to limit it. I'm actually here to bring it forward. When you say access information, what does that mean? Are you being downloaded or given information to provide to clients and people and advance the knowledge? Yes. And, and so a lot of it is a download and um, 
I was joking with someone the other day that if I could really write with both hands at the same time, I'd get my work done much faster. Because then I could write one thing about the Akashic Records in one hand, and then one thing about something else with the other hand, and I could write both books at the same time without having to worry about it. <laughs> I don't have that skill. But it is really bringing down wisdom. And a lot of times for me in my private time, I'm bringing universal wisdom. So I mentioned Awashka, which is the language and frequencies of creation. So what is creation? What are the frequencies? How do things come into form? How do we grow and expand? All of those things, that's part of what I do. When I'm working with a client, I will get downloaded with information for them. I was talking with someone the other day and we were talking and I said, oh, by the way, there's this really cool book I think you should write on, on wine, something about the connoisseurs of wine. And, and I started to outline this book and she said, I don't believe it. One hour ago, I was talking with someone and said, wouldn't it be cool if I wrote a, a book on wine? And she said, you're telling me it and you're giving me the chapter headings <laughs> because it was coming through me. As long as it's the creative flow, I'm going to let it flow. With creative flow and the universe and wisdom, what does it look like through your own eyes? When I'm not looking at the craziness that's going on trying to distract us, then I see it on different levels. So I can see us humans and the love that we really have and the love that we really want. And I can see it in everybody's eyes and I can see it in their hearts and I can see the flows of energy between people that don't even know that they've connected with each other. So I can be in the supermarket and I can know that this little child over here in the basket is smiling at this man who just walked by and didn't even know. But the love that, and the curiosity from this little child is following that man, and he doesn't know why he's smiling now. But that energy just moved through. And now that man is walking down the aisle, and he smiles at someone and reaches up and gives them cereal because they can't reach it. And it was because the child smiled at him, but he didn't see the child. He just felt that energy and curiosity and interest, and it lifted him. And so I can see in those patterns of like just certain things about us as humans. Then I can see the energies and feel like the whispering of nature and how it is communicating with itself and communicating beautifully with our planet. And, you know, just as a, a footnote, she always tells me I should tell people she's smarter than they think she is. <laughs> And, and I, I know that to me, and if she doesn't want us anymore, then we won't be here. <laughs> Things on this planet keep on evolving. It hasn't stopped. And so you can, I can start to feel the energy that, I mean, here we're on this beautiful planet, and she's still dedicating to support us, to feed us, to let us breathe, to see a, a new sunrise every single day. And I can see those energies, and then I start to see more spiritual patterns coming down, light patterns and energies that intertwine, that help heal and lift and change. And for me, all of that is like, it's information. It's informing us, even if we're not computing it. With understanding the creative of life and the, the universal wisdom, how do they intertwine with each other? Mm. Creation 
is more in the the joy and wonder. Like for me, this is how I view it. I say the universe was created in joy. The divine, who I like to call goddess, laughed and the universe became. So instead of a big bang, it was a huge laugh. And she went, <laughs> and then all of a sudden stars came into the galaxy. It's like just creating in that wonder and joy. Cause I can't, I just can't see the divine exploding in something. <laughs> and then through that, there's curiosity and um, energy and molecules and wisdom starts to coalesce and they form relationships. Those relationships become things. So the molecules, from my perspective, the molecules, the atoms have conversations and they go, oh, cool, yeah, I'd like to do that. Okay, um, you're oxygen, you know, um, hydrogen. Yeah, let's get together. Oh, look what we just made, it's water. Oh, what can we do with water? I mean, it's not quite as simple as that, but it's how it feels to me. That, and then that creation creates the wisdom that comes out of it because then it self-reflects. Oh, we did create water. What, what would water do? How could we spread it? Where should it be? Where shouldn't it be? All of those things. And then vibrationally, how do we use water? to heal and awaken and bring joy and beauty. And now water's all over the place. Sometimes we're drinking it, sometimes it's for trees, sometimes it's, you know, just standing out, you know, getting soaking wet because we can. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. Oh, good. So you just described the marriage of wisdom and creativity. When did you discover ayahuasca? Okay, and it's Alawashka. I'll oh, spell it. A L A W A S H K A. And had I known years ago when I wrote the book and I met the being that people would be confused with the medicine, I would have asked her to change her name, just like you and I talked about earlier. <laughs> so Alawashka is the original energy, frequency, and source of creation. So as we've been talking about creation and how the universe is created and how things come through, Alawashka is those original frequencies through which, like I described, you know, the goddess laughed and everything came into being. Alawashka is the laughter. Why do you describe it as laughter? Because I really feel that the universe was created that physicality meaning the separation and it's really not a separation but for our minds it is the separation between the allness where everything is one and then creation which means there's a differentiation between things that came in joy that came in laughter that came in wonder that came in curiosity so the divine, the vastness of the divine consciousness, when something came out of her, it was in joy. It was like, this is wonderful, look at this! And it probably didn't have a squeaky voice like I just did. <laughs> <laughs> but that sense of joy and wonder, because if you and I stand and look at the cosmos, look at the beautiful star systems and we look at them as though they're separate from us because we can see them away from us 
It is wonder. It is joy. How beautiful. We can't count the stars. And yet, there they are in front of us. And if we're lucky in that moment, a shooting star will go across. And we're going to be in awe, and we're going to be in joy, and we're going to laugh. Oh my goodness, look at that. So I feel that's actually how it was all created. And it gives a whole other energy for me looking at it that way. It, it brings a whole other energy to it. Like when people say that the divine is conscious and there was all consciousness before, what does that actually mean to us? Because I don't really feel it's like, yeah, hey, I'm over here, I know everything, so uh, what's happening? <laughs> you know, you bring me so much joy, I can't help it. You know that, right, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you and I are chatting, but we're both creative beings and we're connecting through frequency and energy to have this conversation but are we all tapping into this energy of creativity and wonderness i think in the broader the, the biggest possible view of it i would say yes because it's what makes us it's what brings us into being then i would separate it out because now that you're conscious and you're aware, you have to, or it's in your best interest to, if we're talking about tapping into the creation, you have to be aware. You have to actually do it. You have to ask the questions. You want to be aware of your vastness and the vibrations that you and I are talking about. You have to play there. Otherwise, even if it's going on, you're not gonna be aware of it at all. It's like you're at a party and you're not eating the great food that's there or dancing to the great music because you don't know you're at the party because you haven't looked around. And so when you and I are talking because we are creative beings and we're in this vibrational flow that is immense and personal, we've created an immense field that you and I are in and yet you and I are having a very personal vibrational conversation and having a great time. We're conscious of that and we want to play in that. So for other people if they don't really want to pay attention they're not playing in creation they're still part of it they're just not playing in it there's the difference i mean i don't want to go to a concert and and not listen to the music i want to listen to the music probably dance too i don't want to just go oh yeah i'm at a concert yeah okay that's how i differentiate what do you think it's interesting you use the word play and play is a very emotional kind of creative word but are we playing at different levels like you go to a playground you got the swings the slide but you go to another playground and has a different set of uh, design is that how you view it as well i do i do and i would say there's no judgment in the level that you're playing because obviously you're not going to look at a youngster and expect them to be able to play like an adult. Some do. Some have that innate skill, we all know. And then some are playing at their level, whatever that level is. It's all good, but we do have different levels. And in order to grow, you have to put in the energy. You have to play harder or play more or open yourself up to the curiosity of your being and the wonder that's there. And it's really good to be able to use the artistic analogy because the painter does not paint the same painting over and over again. 
there's something new in the painting of the painting itself. Something comes to inform them. Something comes through the color, the shape, the light, everything that they're putting there. And then the next painting has grown because they did that painting. And that's how creativity and being present works. And that's how spirituality works too. In this flow of creativity and play, where does wisdom sit? Does that come along with this? I think the only way I would differentiate the wisdom, because I really feel it does come with it, is that to receive wisdom, you want to notice. So wisdom is almost like we look at wisdom like you have it, but it's active. You, you're not wise if you're not doing anything and you just know stuff, then you're actually well informed. It's not wisdom, it's information. But when you're thinking of being wise and having wisdom, there's an application, there's engagement in that. And that actually, every single time you engage with the wisdom of the universe and the creativity together, you become wiser. Uh, you become more expanded spiritually, you get to perceive more. There are things that you didn't notice before that are now being revealed to you. And you're part of the creation, which is even bigger. So now the wisdom that you're working with, the understanding, the perception, the spiritual energy that you can hold, the things that you can heal right on your own, comes to play with the creativity so that when you send that energy out, it's changed too and you're more creative and more engaged. Even if you're being quiet, I'm not saying you're running around doing a whole bunch of different things on the back of the motorcycle. I'm saying that like you're engaging and that's action in itself. I don't know why I said motorcycle, but. (laughs) (laughs) That would be kind of cool though. I really, I just got this really fun image. You would be the driver, I would have to be in the back. And we're just spreading healing and creativity while we've float through on the back on the motorcycle. I like that. (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) cool. When we're in this high state of wisdom and creativity, we're observing the the play. Is that when we're at our our peak of our, our true ability? I think it's when we're most engaged. So if I look at us like we're containers, which isn't accurate, but it's a good enough analogy, If we're containers of our soul and our spirit and our awareness and our creativity, then when we engage, we're more fluid. When we're watching, which is still engaging, but it's not active, it's like a passive, more like meditation isn't necessarily active, it's being the container as opposed to um, being out sharing the energy, it's a place to receive. So the wisdom is still active, but it isn't moving anywhere. Why is it not moving anywhere? In order for it to move, you have to send it, which would mean you are active. At least how I see it. So I, you can be a container. You can be in your meditation holding the frequency because when we're in meditation, it's a more reflective, no matter how it feels in you, it's more reflective, meaning inward, receptive, and then If you're being creative, you're sending that energy out. You're taking an action or projecting a thought and engaging, and that makes it more active. They're both fantastic. I mean, either one, if you're sitting in the middle of either one of them, you're smiling. 
the word enlightenment, how does that fit into all this? Enlightenment. I think enlightenment is the shift from more focused three-dimensional awareness into a broader spiritual awareness. There are, in the conversations in the world, there are many different ways that people describe enlightenment. And so, for me, the sense of awakening and perceiving more is what enlightenment is. And the reason I say it that way is because I don't feel that there's just one stage of enlightenment. Like, oh, I'm enlightened, I can see the love and beauty and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm done. I got enlightened. Now it's all cool. It's like when I feel like the frequency is there, it's that once you're in that state and you perceive from that place, there can be another time when there's even more enlightenment. And there can be another time, whether you're on this planet or not, where you perceive the universe in a very different way. And so... While some people think of it as like a singular state, I feel like it's a multi-dimensional awareness that you can continue to grow into. And it's just like I feel the divine continues to grow, which probably will annoy people if I say that. Yeah, we think he or she are almighty and that's it, you know? Yes, and I would think the divine would be really annoyed with that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like I know we're having fun so I can just see the divine going really this is it I know everything and I'm done I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> but see that's for all of us if we're curious and that's why I say like enlightenment is a continuing thing not a singular occurrence and state like I got enlightened and now even though I, we know people who have gone through beautiful transformational shifts and their whole perception has changed, and they, they, that is enlightenment, but it's not the end of it. It is just another experience of being more and perceiving more. It's interesting how we're, we're growing all the time, developing, becoming one level, one level, one level, but we must get to a point in our growth that it stops and we want to go on to another thing. And I would say that's part of the growing. So some people are really happy to leave the planet because they get to grow in another form. Some people are aware of the fact that they're already in 150 different forms, so this one's cool and so are the others. Some people look at it like, okay, once I'm done with this, then I get to be bigger. The universe itself is growing and we are growing and every once in a while we can decide well let's just move back into the beginning again like i love this richness i love my consciousness i love my spiritual conversations i love this creation i want to see what it's like to just live in the void i want to be aware but i don't want anything happening at all i want to see what that's like and that's a completely different conversation because technically we wouldn't know what the void is like people can describe that but then they really can't like philosophically right if you say nothing's there then how can you define nothing because you're something (laughs) yeah oh you are creating such a great conversation (laughs) 
thank you. So really, we're continuously growing regardless of, of what. So we, let's just say we reincarnate a, a million lives. After a million lives, we're still growing and growing and growing. There must be some level of stop, crack open a beer and, and chill for a while. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, I think there is. And the thing about it is that while we're talking because you and I and everybody else that's listening, and I hope everybody that's listening is really feeling the energy that we're creating because this is massive beauty that's flowing in this conversation, not simply the words that we're saying, but there's a whole bunch of vibration that's crackling here. It's delicious. We can always move into a state of peace and hold energy. And while you and I are talking about this one moment and you're one person and I'm another person, but how many of us are out there? If we've had past lives, are the past lives aware of our life? Did they actually stop or are they just watching to see if we catch up? Or do we have future lives? Or do we live in many dimensions as one because our soul is bigger than what can be contained in this body, so is the soul aware of so much more than we are? I'm posing it as a question so it kind of opens it up. Because our souls are bigger than we are. Really? Are they that big? Yes. Yeah, we think of our soul as like spiritually. We think of our soul as the thing that keeps us alive and it has a little bit more awareness than we do. And that when we pass, a lot of people, not everybody, a lot of people think the soul goes on. Now, I would definitely say that because I speak to a whole bunch of beings that don't have physical bodies. But that soul can understand, or our soul, can understand our personality and the life we've lived here. But there's so much more to it than that. So let's say you came to this planet to share as much wisdom as you could possibly share in this lifetime because you're dedicated to uplifting the world. Okay, so you create a radio show and you have all of these different people with completely different perspectives because you're not attached to who's right or wrong. You just want the wisdom to flow. And the more people who receive wisdom and are inspired, the better this world looks. Well, that's a pretty big energy for one physical body to encompass. It's bigger than the physical body. That soul that's there is illuminated and shining. It's like, okay, this is happening. But we don't know if that soul is also, not necessarily another body on this planet because it wouldn't do that, but being aware consciously of lots of bigger things out there than what's happening in this moment. It's aware of what's happening in this moment, is understanding the flow, and everything else that's going on. But it also has a cosmic, spiritual, heavenly awareness that understands the reason for everything and the intertwined energies. And the one thing that you did 20 years ago that changed somebody else's life that you don't even know, who is now doing something so amazing, but they're aware of it. And that soul has told them thank you. And you're never going to know in this lifetime. And then that soul is also looking at the cosmic energies and the lights coming in and the patterns and the changes on our planet and the whole frequency of our planet. And so it's bigger than this one body, one life, which is a really good thing because it would be much harder to keep on learning if you came here with amnesia every single time. And nobody gives us a list. 
by the way, Lamar, when you come here, you have to do X, Y, and Z, meet these three people, make sure you do this, right? Yeah. <laughs> we don't get the outline, not consciously, but our souls are certainly aware of where we want to play, how we want to explore, what's there for us to learn in this lifetime so it resonates through our whole experience. It shows you how, how messy life can be. Yes. Well, at least from our perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the divine thinks it's messy. I'm not sure. But I bet there's some angels out there that are there to vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> They're vacuuming our mess. <laughs> Lumari, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing what you got to share. It's been fabulous. Oh, thank you so much. It is such an honor and a joy. I really appreciate you inviting me. I love our conversations because they really go beyond. They're challenging and illuminating and and I really hope everybody who's listening has gotten something beautiful out of our conversation. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sansit Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.